I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. Today, we have an article we're going to talk about. Before we get there, though, I'm with my good friends, Mr. Sean Latimer and Leslie Ray. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello. Last time we were on here a couple weeks ago, Sean Latimer, you threw me under the bus. You wished me an absolute happy birthday in front of all of our listeners, so I will do the same today. There is a gentleman that sits behind the scenes, Mr. Brian Tong. Today is his birthday, and he does so much special stuff around the Bonson Group, and uh, we wouldn't be operating as well as we are without him, um, but you've never heard him on this podcast because he's sitting next to us, but his voice does not come into the microphone, so happy birthday to Mr. Brian Tong. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. Yes. So if you listen to David Bonson's podcast or any of the other productions we do here at the Bonson Group, it is because Brian Tong. And if he wasn't here, we wouldn't have these things. That's definitely true. Yes, absolutely. So kudos to him. Today, we're going to be talking about um, an article I wrote called When It Rains, It Pours. And this is an article, a difficult article to write, because we're going to talk about inflation. What an exciting topic. (laughs) Um, And have I written about this topic before? I have. Uh, And I'm trying to present it in a little bit of a different flavor, because I I do believe it's a relevant topic right now. I've had a lot of clients ask me about inflation, because it's headline news, whether you're reading something on CNBC or Fox Business or whatever, it's something being talked about. Why is it being talked about? Because we have this huge stimulus plan. Uh, People believe if more money comes into the system, you have too much money chasing too few of goods, drives inflation. Some people are confused about that, so David shares a lot of his macro views on that. But regardless, it is a hot topic right now. So what I want to talk about today is how inflation can be really personal. Um, Even though on these news articles, uh, it can feel a little esoteric. Um, you can feel pretty disconnected from it. All the parts and, and uh, pieces that make it work are confusing. But uh, today, we're going to talk about how it impacts somebody personally. So, Sean, you read the article. I'll let you tee us off. Yeah, it, it makes sense, too, because I think most people understand the premise of inflation because they do remember when gas costs less or when the gallon of milk was five cents or they hear stories about that. And now things are more expensive now. So I think that's a pretty easy concept for people to understand. Uh, but what I like and I hope we get into a little bit more is when you break it down of how it impacts people individually, there are individual things that uh, inflate faster than others. And mm-hmm. depending on what you're spending or what stage of life you're in, those can really impact you, whether it's education costs for your kids or healthcare costs for yourself. And uh, those can be pretty big numbers. And when we love talking about this word, but when you compound, it's pretty amazing um, for good and bad. Yeah, and I can speak to that personally because um, we had a baby last year. And I know how much we spent on medical costs. When you look at our premiums and our deductibles, man, I was doing a lot of research. How could I make this uh, more cost effective in the future? Weird thing to say when you talk about having a cost effective baby. But yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely inflated our expenses pretty heavy. I would do it 10 times over, right? We, we love our children. But as a financial planner, it's something interesting to look at when normally medical expenses might make up, I don't know, 10% of your budget. And all of a sudden, it's making up 25% of your budget. It's something worth looking at. It's so true. I, I remember sw- when I switched from uh, individual coverage to a couple, my wife and I were married. And then I thought it was amazing that when you switch to a family, it doesn't matter if you have one kid or 10 kids, it's the same cost. And I, I couldn't believe that. I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of a big difference. And then I, I don't know what happened, but as time goes on, I would see how the premiums changed over time. And 
there's nothing you really do about it. You either accept the insurance or you don't, or you go shopping, which it's probably not as cost effective, especially if you're doing it through an employer. And I couldn't believe when you break it down to percentage wise, how much it was increasing year over year. And yes, there are smaller dollars on the balance sheet, but it can creep up on you. Yeah, definitely. And that's why inflation can be really personal. And you have to see how it applies to yourself. Leslie, you're the director of financial planning here at the Bonza Group, which means you have a lot of financial planning conversations, which every financial plan, you're integrating an assumption for inflation. What are those conversations like with clients? Um, I usually try to discuss this ahead. So before I produce a plan, we have a conversation with clients about our um, inflation assumptions. We keep keep it at 2% in general um, because it's a projection. But then... I do inflate some items uh, faster than others or, or um, more than others. Items. What would be an example of one of those items? Uh, for example, would be healthcare costs, uh, about 5% instead of 2%. Uh, education, usually 5.5% um, to 5%. But now with the pandemic, that might change. So it's another topic that I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. And something else that we don't think often is childcare. Childcare is um, is more expensive and uh, growing faster than inflation as well. The cost of childcare makes sense, and I'm guessing there's probably a huge demand when kids aren't in school and, and things like that. And when you have uh, strong demand and limited supply, that usually is a driver of price. Exactly. It also depends where the client live and uh, their current situation, their health situation, what school they will attend. So there are a lot of specifics for financial planning, which is really tailored to the client. But overall, if we're talking generals, um, I do inflate some items more than others, just as an average. And for example, the healthcare costs, we'll think about retirees, people that are under Medicare right now. Um, some retirees, uh, for their premium for 2021, uh, is lower than for 2020 for people that have Medicare Advantage. So it happens for some people that their premium is actually lower this year. It doesn't mean that the cost of healthcare is lower, but for them, if they don't really use their insurance, it's lower. So it's an average, it's an estimation, but it doesn't apply for every single year. That resonated with me because when you were talking, I was thinking that there are going to be some folks that want to retire in their early 50s or their mid-50s or whatever it might be. And that person has to account for the fact that Medicare doesn't start till you're 65. Yes. And what does the medical expenses look like when they're outside of an employer? And what do those rise in rates look like, whether it's the Affordable Care Act or uh, you're doing some sort of medical sharing plan? Um, that is something that people often don't calculate when they start to decipher that, hey, I'd like to retire earlier than the traditional age. Mm -hmm. It can be pretty pricey. Um, there are other solutions as well that we don't think about all the time is when w you have a dual income, two spouses that are employed and they have benefits. Maybe we can review that for them and figure out what is the most optimal solution for them. Maybe they both go on the same insurance under one spouse and then benefit from or maximize other benefits on the other spouse. So you have some uh, leverage here for younger couples that are employed. For people that retire before 65 or before Medicare age, um, they all have to get most likely private insurance on the marketplace. It will depend on their health situation and their age. Uh, so we account for that in the planning. And yes, it gets pretty pricey. 
Yeah, I bet. Uh, question, Trevor. So earlier we were talking about different inflation rates for different things, and you do give an example in the article. Maybe you could explain that to the listeners. I think it'd be helpful for them to know like what that means in dollars and cents when you say 3% inflation. Yeah, one of the things that we're trying to get across in this article is that, and Leslie's speaking to it right now, is that inflation can be really personal. Uh, we can use averages, right, 2% or some sort of projection. We can look to say um, – you know, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, what was inflation last year. But if you're interested, what you really want to do is peel that back even further, right? There's different constituents that make up that average. And you start to look at things like, oh, a flat screen TV that I buy at Costco is a lot cheaper for the same TV than I would have paid 20 years ago. So you're actually seeing deflation in some sort of uh, retail technology uh things. Um, but then other things like Leslie speaking to things like education and things like uh, child medical, care, medical, child yeah. care, those things are really strong. So what happens is the different parts that make up an inflation average have a dispersion of outcomes. Some of those are deflationary, some are inflationary. And then we know, even the three of us sitting at this table right now, the makeup of our own expenses look different. Right. Right. Uh, the mm -hmm. percentage of where we spend our money and that different makeup will drive our that different averages. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why one of the biggest takeaways from this article is it can be really overwhelming to talk about inflation at a national level. And I, I opened the article saying that the city I live in, San Clemente, it has <laughs> two claims to fame. One is the Western White House where uh, Richard Nixon did live formerly. Um, and the other thing is it claims the best weather in the world. And I said in the article, I don't know uh, what report or survey got them to that conclusion, but something to the extent that it hits 73 degrees the most times in, uh, in a calendar year. But even if we have the best weather in the world, my wife and I, we have two little boys. When we go out, we're not dressing or preparing ourselves for the average weather, 73 right. degrees. Uh, we're looking at the weather report, right? Do we need an umbrella? Uh, do the boys need to have a sweatshirt or whatever it might be? We're making sure we adjust our planning to what the actual weather is, not the average weather. And I kind of stole that analogy. David Bonson's used that a, a couple times, but it resonates with me because when it comes to inflation, you can read articles, like I said, on financial news. You can have some level of anxiety or fear about what inflation means, but it will impact you different than it impacts your neighbor. So that kind of leads us to this practical application um, where you have to look at your expenses and have awareness of what you spend. And, and I reference back to the very first Thoughts on Money article I wrote and kind of what drove me to this idea of writing this blog was I wanted to share things with people that I thought was important and impactful. The very first thing I wanted to share is, hey, budgeting is not easy and most people won't stick to it and that's okay. What I want you to do, though, is I want you to be aware of how much you actually spend. So my challenge to our readers in this article was, do you know how much you spent last month or the month before? And so on and so forth. And I talk about how important that is and that awareness drives such healthy behavior when it comes to finances. Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I don't know if this is going to be a good segue, so you can tell me if it's not. Maybe it's a, a different article. But you know what I hear the most about... Uh, and when, when inflation comes up is increasing education costs and increasing healthcare costs. And I feel like common topics that come with both of those are education reform, healthcare reform. So I guess I would just open it up to both of you. 
what what are your opinions or thoughts? Now, I kind of know the answers to the test. And for all the listeners, when you're planning on these things, you use the information you know, not the information you don't know. So you would plan with what the actual inflation is for these things today and not what we speculate or anticipate they'll be in the future. But I do have to wonder that when you do start to see kind of the pendulum swing out further than everything else, uh, do you guys kind of have the same opinion that something may change that brings it back down? Or what do you think? Well, I touched on this earlier about the education costs. So with the pandemic uh, and uh, big institution, big colleges being closed down with online classes, um, I saw or I'm reading about a shift in mentality for people, maybe considering a little bit more if going to college makes sense for them, um, if they have a more cost-efficient way to do it, and the price of education versus what they receive. So I'm keeping an eye on this because right now we use about um, 5 to 5.5% on mm-hmm. education um, inflation, but... It may change. Yeah, you're right. It may be different in the future years. So I'm really curious to see how that will pan out and what will happen with that. Yeah, you're right, because there's a huge decline in enrollments for most grad school programs and things like that. And then you also look at with more... Now, this last year could be an anomaly because uh, the pandemic came so fast, but most of the institutions charged normal tuition and then made everything virtual, which Mm -hmm. students made clear was not the same. And so I, I don't think that's something that can sustain. I agree with you. Trevor, what do you think? I think one thing you have to remember is when you're not working in some sort of like free market system, when there has been rules or regulations or some disruption to w- the way capital would normally work, you're going to have distorted outcomes. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about something like healthcare which obviously uh, the government does step in and there's regulations, whether it's the Affordable Care Act or how things work, that is going to disrupt the normal free market system. Right. And I think I can use a really easy anecdotal example. I unfortunately spent 45 minutes on the phone the other day with uh, my healthcare provider <laughs> because uh, I was getting this bill for a hearing test that my uh, newborn had to take in the hospital. And that should have been covered through my healthcare, right? When you have a pregnancy, it's it's all inclusive and all covered. Um, the hearing test was a mobile company that came into the hospital. So when they put the code in for medical, it was quote unquote outside the hospital, and then it was outside network. And it, gosh, it became this confusing uh, conversation that I had to say, hey, I, I really don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, I told my insurer um, that, got it, I'll take care of the cost. Uh, and then the person that I owed the bill to said, well, on your insurance bill, it says it's $550 because $550, that's what we're going to build insurance. But our cash price is $150, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thing, right? Uh, if the insurance was going to pay for it, it was going to be more than three times yeah. that expense. So when you experience something like that, you're like, oh, this is a little bit of a broken system. So when you can have those expenses passed off to the insurance companies um, and there is regulation in the system integrated into it, you're going to see distorted inflation. Mm -hmm. Now, I am not the qualified person to tell you how you solve for that uh, or if that's the way it should be or shouldn't be. But that same truth applies to uh, education. Right. There's no way an 18-year-old would get that size of money loaned to them at that rate. For anything else. For anything else. (laughs) But the government is willing to kind of sign off on those student loans. And therefore, you get a system where you have too much money 
chasing too few of goods and mm-hmm. you get some excessive inflation. And, and all that is to say, um, people smarter than me will solve for these things. Um, these are great conversations that uh, David Bonson and our, our new economic a- advisor, Larry Kudlow, these are the things that they talk about. But um, those things do have a portion to distort markets. Um, and, and reality is, like you said, uh, you deal with not what you hope would be, but what actually is. Mm-hmm. And that gets us back to the same topic. Inflation is personal, and you have to accommodate for your own plan. Now, mm-hmm. I will pivot us a little bit. We've been talking about, hey, one, it's super important to know how much you spend. And let me explain why. If you know how much you spent last month, the month before, and so on, and you do it in its simplest fashion, whether it's looking at your credit card statement or what left your checking account, you literally just take a pencil and write it down in a journal. This month I spent X. If you do that once a month, then you can look back to last year, right? How much you actually spent. And you can compare that to this year. And some of that will be the change can be because of inflation. Some of it could be because of lifestyle creep that you're spending more. Some of it could be a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, anecdotal, but I've mentioned this in the article, during those pandemic months, our family spent 20% less than we normally did. So these things have an impact. When I have awareness of that, it does change my behavior. Uh, And what I call this is financial hygiene. So that is my one takeaway. And I have another one. So I have two takeaways. But one takeaway is that you need to know how much you spend every month. The next thing is, Knowing that inflation is out there, that 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 uh, that monster is under the bed, that uh, that's a reality you're going to have to deal with with your financial plan. What then becomes really important? How you design your portfolio? Because mm-hmm. some things you own are going to help combat inflation, and other things are going to be victims of inflation. What was your opinion on that, Leslie? I agree a hundred percent. I I don't design portfolio for the Bansen Group, but I'm pretty familiar with the fact that. If you have too much money sitting in cash because it's a your safe reserve, um, I'm not talking about an emergency fund. I'm talking about people having excessive amount in cash. You're actually losing money uh, to inflation. So you're not even keeping up. You're just losing that money. Um, having a portfolio designed to provide for your goals is important, and we factor in inflation. And it's funny to say it this way, but I, I tell people this a lot. If you do have that excessive surplus of cash and you believe that that's a conservative posture you're taking, this isn't possible. But what you'd actually want to do, you're better off spending that money today mm-hmm. for the goods mm-hmm. and services that you want to use in the future. If you could prepay your groceries for the next five years and you could prepay this or that and the other, all these things that would have an impact on inflation, that actually would solve your problem. It's not doable. Like if you go to the grocery store today, you yeah. can't drop a huge check and say, hey, go ahead and cover my groceries for the next couple of years. They're not going to do that. Because of that, you then have to go to the design side of a portfolio and pick investments that match this impact that inflation is going to have on your portfolio. Absolutely. I think it goes into how important the planning part is on expenses. And we talk about that all the time. But it, as you go into retirement and if you are pulling funds from every marginal dollar you pull out is taxed at an additional rate. And if that money, same dollar is going to sit in cash earning less than 1% and not pacing with inflation, you're actually uh, behind the eight ball in multiple ways and you don't even realize it. Yeah. And I put a very simple image in the article and I'd encourage our listeners to go there, which was basically saying, hey, I have a million dollars. 
and I go out and I buy a CD, I'm absolutely making up a percentage because you probably can't get this right now, but I buy a certificate of deposit that pays 3%. Mm. Well, I know a million, do- <laughs> <laughs> a million dollars in a 3% CD is going to give me $30,000. And maybe that is sufficient for my lifestyle today. Maybe that $30,000 covers everything, $2,500 a month. Well, if you then look, what does 2% inflation look like over time in regards to my expensive relative to that income that's coming in? And you start to see that's a huge gap 30 years later, right? What was covering all your expenses today, 30 years later, is only covering a little bit more than half. So it might feel like a conservative investment, but you don't realize that there's actually some embedded risk that you're taking on by making that long-term choice um, to kind of solve for a preference today. And if you go take a, a test for uh, being a certified financial planner or you're trying to get a securities license or something of that nature, you might have a question that says, what is the best hedge against inflation? Stocks, bonds, cash. The answer is stocks. And it's an unfortunate answer because equities or stocks are one of the investments that are very difficult to hold long term because they can drive you crazy with the way that they fluctuate in price. But over the long run, that's your best hedge against inflation. Why is that true? Well, if you own a large grocery store company um, that is increasing the product prices every year because of inflation, that increase in price shows up to the bottom line in profits, and you as the shareholder experience that. So you are on the same side as the table as inflation. So that's why you have to sit down with your advisor and design this portfolio knowing that whatever your personal inflation rate is, you sure as heck better have a return net of inflation greater than zero if you want to have a viable financial plan. Well said. Took the words right out of my mouth, Leslie. Well said. I said we're not allowed to agree on this podcast. I don't have anything to disagree. This one's too easy. I don't have anything <laughs> to disagree with. I was even thinking about like, all right, what can I, how can I throw a Trevor under the bus today? And I, I got nothing. I, yeah, throw. I love it when you throw a Trevor under the bus. Um, so I'll end with this. Uh, I, I put a kind of a, what I thought was an interesting quote. Uh, Larry Kudlow and David Bonson had an exchange on Fox Business. And I, I liked Larry's response when they were talking about inflation. He said, I don't think the Fed really knows the causes of inflation. Wow, that's a a bold statement. And he says, no matter what the Fed wants with higher inflation or maybe someday lower inflation, I don't think they have the foggiest idea of how to do it. All the models have broken down. Why I thought that quote was important is all these articles we read, all these discussions we have about high-level inflation and speculation and forecasting and what that means, it is so disconnected from your financial plan. Your inflation is absolutely personal. You can measure what the changes on your expenses are year-over-year, month-over-month basis. You can plan accordingly. You can sit down with your advisor and craft a designed portfolio to account for your personal inflation. Sometimes we like to be chicken little and talk about the sky is falling and talk about these things that are outside of our control, but those don't really help with our financial plan. So my encouragement to you guys is, hey, have one, an awareness of what you spend, and two, absolutely have a conversation with your advisor, your financial planner, to discuss what is the expected return on my portfolio net of inflation. And I think if you do those two things, that's a really good start to a healthy financial plan. And on that note, we will ask you to rate the podcast, leave comments. We'd really appreciate that. Obviously, you can always email us at tom at thebonsagroup.com. And of course, we will be back next week with more of our thoughts on, thoughts money. on money. Leslie did uh, it! Yay! yay. <laughs>
I didn't think she would. She kind of seems like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, okay. I was you, like, you, is that... Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.